Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And regular listeners of our podcast will be aware that we discuss films after having viewed them, so uh, be aware that the following podcast is full of spoilers. Today's film for discussion is brand new to DVD shelves in Australia, and it's called Chronicle. And Lloyd, it's just another superhero film, right? Yep, that's right. Uh, <laughs> done with a very interesting technique, very interesting style, I should say. Uh, point of view fo- sort of film. I think people are labelling it the found footage style. Yep, um, definitely. I, yeah, I was thinking back on history, how many films or what other films can I compare this to? And the only evolution I could think really early was um, the radio play uh, War of the Worlds by um, H.G. Wells. Uh, Orson Wells actually adapted that. And it was like as if it was a broadcast, um, a found broadcast that was... People know. might be familiar with uh, the Simpsons episode that spoofed yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> and it had the technical use of silence and all of that. Just really used the technical dimension of radio, of the sound, and made it sound like it was actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, the, then Blair Witch came in, ni- in the late 90s and really took the world by song. That was a huge film when I was young. Made um, a lot of money. Yeah, made a ton of money. It was probably the biggest grossing to, uh, you know, comparing it to, the, to its budget, um, you know, to how much it's grossing ever. Uh, one of the biggest. And yeah, um, it didn't spawn too many wannabes did it like it took a long time before like the next big film i could think of was paranormal activity that was like that but blair which was one of a kind for a long time they did milk the franchise for quite a while but a few years ago before um paranormal activity mm. the one that really sticks out for me is cloverfield yeah, i like cloverfield a, a lot of film. people didn't like it um, i think people had a problem with the uh, the main guy holding the camera he was yeah. kind of annoying he was um, um and that's he's the a com- biggest comedic fault. actor yeah. in a drama trying to sell the fact that do you want a hand no that's fine well, obviously he could have used a hand instead yeah. of filming i yeah. love the the technicalities you can go with this genre like the way how in cloverfield they would obviously stop recording and then they'd start recording again there'd be a yes. little um break of glitch pre- in the camera yeah there'd be previous footage yep in it's it. an old tape but yeah it wasn't like throwaway footage it was actually footage that had backstory to the yes. characters and that was brilliant I absolutely right i love cloverfield i thought it was a fantastic movie I- Contained to like a 90 minute tape. Yeah, that's right. Um, That was a great idea. And they've done a lot since. I think Paranormal Activity is one of the most successful films ever made. Yeah, it's got sequels. (laughs) And it's got sequels. Um, And that is pretty much found footage. They record themselves and somebody else is going through it sort of thing. And now we're getting the demon within or devil within or devil inside me, I think it's called. And now this film... uh, Chronicle. Chronicle. Which we've both just very recently watched. Yeah. As I said, it's brand new to A DVD. A lot of people were telling us on our Twitter and uh, word, to, word of mouth to watch this film. And we sort of snubbed it off for a while. And we finally got around to watching it because we sort of missed out on the release. Obviously, yeah, didn't watch it at the cinema. But mm. happy to report that it's a very, very interesting film. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first thing that I thought about was how cheap this film might have been to make. Um, because the first two acts... Not a ton of um, CGI, unless you count that whole football scene in the clouds. You know, that's all green screens and uh, rigs and stuff. But this film pretty much was all, you know, not very much money. That's right. Um, Looked it up. About 12 to $15 million. Wow, no way. It's already made over $120 million. Oh, they did really well. Yeah. I mean, they've sort of been able to package a superhero movie really cheaply 
Um, no name actors, as you know. Um, I sort of looked at their profiles and didn't really see that they'd been in much else. Um, but they've managed to sell this as if it's, you know, everyone who's watching superhero films right now, which no one in the world is sick of in the last five or six years, yes. amazingly. Um, they've managed to sort of sell this as part of It kind of, of reminds me of Hancock, um, yep. the whole film. I don't think Hancock was a big success, though. Um, I thought it got really dumb in the last 20 minutes, just like... But it's strange that that's also getting a sequel. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so maybe it was a big success. Must have made know. money. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I just don't hear too many people talking about it. But it reminded me a lot of Hancock, that, especially when the battle... Like, I know a lot of superhero movies are doing this, but battles always... The climax always seem to end in this city. You know, just to make it as epic as humanly possible. And I was really impressed with this one, yeah. There's a lot more stuff when you're in a city. Yeah. You know, there's buildings and glass and shadow. I think it's just the scale of it. Wow, you're watching a big battle, you know, people going through buildings. It's just the most epic sort of um, showdown you can have. One of the films that's done it best recently is Avengers. Oh, yeah. I mean, having the climax in a city. And one of the worst films that have done it recently is Fantastic Four. (laughs) One and two. Not not that recent, but yeah. (laughs) That's probably the biggest stuff up in terms of uh, superhero films. The Punisher yeah. was pretty bad. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, well, I thought Hancock was bad. Like that whole ending. Yeah. The first Hulk was bad. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Spider-Man 3 gets thrashed critically. Everybody <laughs> hates Spider-Man 3. Um, probably because they rush the whole Venom thing. It's like mm. they take forever for Topher Grace to become Venom. Yes, yeah. And then when he finally does at the end you're of the film... You're just exhausted. You're like, all right, so he's Venom now. And then... <laughs> You know, 10, 15 minutes later, he's he's out. That's, yeah, that's it, you know. That's right. You get sick of the Sandman. Just, <laughs> just don't know what to say. With found footage films, um, again, we brought up with Cloverfield, the technique can get in the way heavily. Like, the main character, the character holding the camera, yeah. we kept going, oh, do you need help? And they kept saying, no, like, really lame sort of excuses that wouldn't yeah. be real. I thought this film didn't have any of those issues. I thought they worked the way well in. Like... The whole beginning, um, when he's holding, when you know, when he's putting the camera on the tripod, and yep. the dad's knocking on the door. That was a great excuse, and they slowly weave that into his the it's, telekinesis is carrying the camera around, and I just forgot forgot that the technique. It's was there. cheating a little bit, isn't it? It is cheating. Having these nice floating cameras that he can concentrate all of a sudden, on. Steadicam has come in, and I like the gauge how it went from like I think one of the guys when they bullied him and they took the camera they said yeah this old piece of crap camera from 2004 and the grain mm. was really old like I noticed that considerably and then when he bought a new one yeah. the gauge you know the camera switched to a very high pixelated HD form and then it changed again I think they bought several different cameras you know um, like well that. the ending there was a ton of different oh, cameras a ton of different cameras I thought that was brilliant it was probably the best found footage film I've seen like the best use of that technical suit i've ever seen i think okay uh, I, comparing it to all the rest yeah i like cloverfield you like cloverfield i, I still like cloverfield I thought, better i thought with the guy holding the camera all the time and him you know yelling in his voice i thought that got too much in the way yeah for me i felt like somebody could have found that tape yep and played back that tape no, definitely. and seen all that. of that yeah whereas this one i feel like i don't know who will have would have compiled this collection of Shots and very sharp editing between all the security yeah, cam footage. <laughs> exactly, and I mean, jump to the ending for a second. Um, when Matt flies to like Alaska and leaves, or Tibet, sorry, and leaves the camera on a tripod there at the end. Like, who's collected that camera for this footage? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it That's a good point, actually. I just forgot about it. I just went, okay, maybe he just sent it's, the tape. It's cinematic. He I just mean, sent the tape to... To who? Someone. Like, <laughs> the other one was like, there was a uh, Cloverfield, sorry. There was like text at the beginning that said the government, this is a government file, this is a government tape. So it's obviously an agent watching it or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You feel like you're kind of privy to this secret government tape and you're like, what am I going to about to see? Whereas, I guess, if you look at the climax of Chronicle... There was tons of floating Mac appliances at one point. Um, you know, iPads, Which most iPhone. of them would have been destroyed from You the would fall. assume. Yeah. And yet, through all of those, we get different angles on this fight. And uh, there was security camera footage. Did you think of that during that or afterwards? Uh, I was... I was right along with the ride of um, the found footage yep. idea. I was a little bit annoyed when he was floating the camera everywhere to get oh, these okay. sweeping angles. Yeah. But I was like, that's fine. It's all the same camera, the same tapes, you know. Um, but when we got to the end, I was like, sure, what, what's happening? Yeah. You know, like, this is no longer consistent. And uh, it was only so they could make it more epic. Anyway, they had all the floating devices. And they had um, security camera footage. There was uh, a couple of cars and stuff. And one of them, much like the Avengers shot we talked about on the Avengers podcast, where the uh, the in-car camera, the car flips over mm-hmm. when they sort of had that, that camera angle as well. It was far too much. And I know it sort of made it seem more epic, but it didn't help the found footage yeah. thing for me. I was like, this is no longer sure, sure. anything anyone could have compiled. Yeah. You know, that was annoying for me. I like the use of the audio as well, um, particularly when they were falling and um, like falling heavily and he saves the kid's life and whatever. Yeah. And you know, it's just coming in and out of audio. And all you see is a, like, obviously the jacket is covering most of the frame. Mm. And um, yeah, you just see the clouds filling past. I thought that was really cool. Mm. Just like really in the moment. Definitely. Um, what did you think of the acting? Some of them were pretty weak. Yeah, like a lot parts. of it very weak. Um, as, as we said, we don't know who they are. They're yeah, I don't unknowns. know who they are, but I, I heard the director's 26 years old and I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> because of his success. <laughs> because of his success. No, but I think they did really well with this film. A lot of people kept raving on about it. And I think it came, uh, you know, with good good reasons. I thought mm. it was pretty good. If um, So Andrew is the main character, mm-hmm. sort of the cameraman. He um, becomes the villain, and I like that. Yeah. The story rounded itself, and I go, yeah, I can see him becoming that crazy, you know, the loss of his mom and yep. his friends, and he, you know, the, he Being killed bullied. his best friend sort of thing. Maybe, he doesn't He's, know. He sort of did. I mean, the, they were up in a lightning storm, and he got hit by lightning, and then seemingly either he put the body in a field or the body fell to a field, and that's where they found him kind of thing. Yeah. Bit amazing he didn't get struck by lightning yeah, as well. That's weird. But anyway, he um he's like creepily filming cheerleaders and stuff at the beginning of the he's film. He's a weird guy. He's really, yeah, really odd kind of uh guy getting bullied, slapped in the face, his dad's beating him around, his mum's dying. Um obviously you're drawn into his world. Quick question. If he hadn't got superpowers, as they, they all did, from going in that hole, which we'll get to in a minute. If they hadn't got superpowers, why was he filming? Besides chronicling, I guess, his dad's abuse and the last sort of part of his mother's life, why was he filming all that stuff at school? Well, he got really into that movie um, American Beauty and just wanted to find the beauty in the world. (laughs) He was looking for for plastic bags that were floating (laughs) around. It seems really strange to me that he was filming himself having lunch. Like, this is where I ate lunch. 
you know, and then setting up the camera and just letting it roll. Yeah. Uh, it made more sense when he had the friendships established yeah, no, and when true. they had powers. But it just felt like that stuff wasn't realistic. You know, like to was be honest, nothing when I started film. playing around with cameras, I started doing weird stuff like that. You, you posted, like, the camera I on didn't... a nearby... No, I didn't do Something? that, but I'd, like, document little things. Like, it's weird. You just film little things. Like, this is where I had... Bre- this is where I ate breakfast. Like, you know, you just come up with weird niches. Like, that guy who photographed himself once a day, you know, and he made a whole montage. I don't know. Oh, lots feel. of people have done yeah, that. Yeah, I could see that. But, yeah, with this character... I could, I know, I can see him doing it. I, I guess I understand yeah. now, like you're saying, um, when you first get a camera, yeah, you get all of... excited. You just shoot everything, yeah, documenting everything. Yeah, there's a film I wanted to mention. You probably haven't seen it. It's a Jude Law film. Um, it's not a huge film. It wasn't hugely successful. Um, it was called Final Cut. Yes, I've seen it. Have you? Fi- nice. Oh, Jude Law Final Cut. Is that with Robin Williams? You mean? No. Final Cut with Robin Williams is where he's editing people's memories. Yeah. Different film. So there's two Final Cuts? Yes. Okay. I'm sure there's more than, <laughs> even more than two. Uh, you know Jude Law, though? Yep. Okay. So Jude Law, uh, I believe it's a British film. And in it, Jude Law buys a ton of cameras and he sets them all up in his house and um, proceeds to film his friends and family without their knowledge. And um, what happens is it's this very found footage kind of look into his world because he's only on the film. Because at a certain point, one of his friends or family murders him. And the way this film is presented, uh, this this sort of reminded me of it a little bit with the sort of setting up of cameras and things like that. Um, They, Sadie Frost, I believe, is in it as well. They are playing the footage as if it is the last film, his last wishes and stuff, and playing it to all the friends and family, knowing that one of the people in the room is about to get found out as a murderer, and they're all watching this, like, they they don't know that the murder's been captured and stuff, you know, when they start watching it. But as it sort of unfolds, there's embarrassing scenarios for each sort of person, and and it's really... Sounds pretty cool. Really interesting little film. Yeah. Yeah, and... I won't ruin the ending or anything. If people sure. want to find it, I really they'll want to find out now. <laughs> they'll, um, I'll tell you off mic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Uh, back to this one though. Chronicle. Yeah. Um, the first time they sort of split from that individual camera found footage thing is when uh, Casey appears. Now she's the blonde girl. She's the vlogger, isn't she? Yeah. She's doing a, a vlog. Yeah. yeah video. Al- although blog. she just although says we never blog. See it. Yeah. We never see it, and we never really understand that she's probably getting a billion more hits now that her boyfriend has superpowers <laughs> anyway um yeah but she looks a lot like claire from lost um who's emile de raven blonde girl because immediately i thought it was her but sure. no wrong um but we sort of cut between cameras and it's this cheap way of getting two shots <laughs> i was just I, like I, oh, that. I accepted that i went okay yeah but again i was thinking they would have had to get the footage from her oh, like now it's two it. tapes sure, you know yeah. and like it's again it takes away from like cloverfield it's all on one tape there's a great sense of economy with it like when he for, when he sees the girl to give her a message and basically tell her look i've actually liked you for ages mm. there's a mirror in the corridor where you see her and you see him standing next to it and obviously the vlogger came yeah. behind him and it's all done in one shot that's great economy where mm. you see just the whole scene in one shot and so much is in that scene it's great it was good it was much better than having them both face the same and direction and cutting between oh no no, no. Oh, sorry. like in soap operas when yeah. they both face the same direction and talk yeah you know so yeah that was a yeah, very clever I'm, I'm glad that didn't happen <laughs> 
Let's talk about this alien hole. Yeah. So they go to a party. They find this alien hole. It seems alive. The it, it's Superman, isn't it? Like sort of thing. It grants them pretty much Superman. <laughs> it's telekinesis. Power. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it's this very specific power. Yeah. And they seem somehow connected. It's not really said. Yeah. Um, out loud yes, yes. but it's like my nose bled and I knew you know such and such was in trouble yep. yeah they've all sort of experienced this together um, and I like it how they didn't have to explain it the main story was about the kids I guess it was but again it sort of showed the budget of the film the fact by that, not explaining it by not explaining it you reckon, I reckon it was, it's like Reservoir Dogs not showing the bank robbery it was, yeah well it's like a big piece missing yeah you know that the audience sort of wants to see some of that every superhero film has an origin story and this one cheats by going, they have powers now. You, you don't need to know. <laughs> well, I went the other way. I didn't care. I, I cared more for the kids than how they got the powers. But I can understand perfectly. People go, why didn't they explain that? That would look so cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first time they're using them and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, you see that first moment of horror and shock. Maybe the actors weren't good enough to do that. Or maybe it was just like... The script would have been too much. Sure, you know it the biggest thing people compare this that type of thing to is color of money. At okay. the end, it's it, the whole film's a build up to Tom Cruise and um, Paul, Paul Newman. Newman having a big playoff. That's right. And but really, that's On not what the, the film it's is pool, about. Isn't it? Yeah, it's pool. Yeah, um, nine ball. And at the very end of the film, this is going to be spoilers. Sorry, guys. At the very end of the f- pool, uh, game, he just like they're about to square off, and he just goes, "Doesn't matter. I'm back." And he whacks the ball and then pauses. And we never see the game. When I was young, I was like, man, who won? Who Was it the old guy? Was it the new kid? Mm-hmm. And now I'm older. I'm thinking, oh, it doesn't matter. What matters is he's playing pool. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I think you just got to mature with these things, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but well, no, I, I understand. It looks so cool. The whole underground thing. Well, and the number one, com- that's the number one complaint sure. that I've seen about yeah, the yeah. film <laughs> is that people wanted to see that. More backstory, yeah. You yeah. know, well, not, not backstory, even like, the thing about the camera is it gets stuck down there and they don't have a camera for a while and presumably they've dug that up yeah presumably uh steve who's friends with matt um he presumably buys him a camera or something because they're poor i don't know how he afforded the camera in the first place that's right yeah um because his mum needs medication and all that sort of stuff especially a super high def camera (laughs) yeah so anyway presumably somebody bought it. no that's a good point yeah anyway uh so that's how they explain it in the film is that they leave the camera down the hole and because they leave the camera down the hole they don't have a camera for the the part of time where they are all becoming best friends and uh have telekinesis you know (laughs) did you find a lot of time had passed it was three weeks i think they three weeks okay so it was mentioned yeah i think they mentioned i felt i felt like a bit of time had been passing because the oh yeah because the girl calls up you haven't called me in three weeks yeah and they're all listening to the voicemail together that's that's where it was yeah um the government seemed to have covered up the hole um afterwards you know the or seemingly in. i guess that's also yeah. something but like seemingly the ground was unstable so yes. this thing that's alive has no, maybe that's a good point. Yeah. moved around or the government has covered it up because there's a lot of sort of random agents sealing the area you know um this is the kind of thing that is totally going to set up the next film when they have a budget oh they are making a sequel i believe so oh cool 
Yeah. Um, I don't know what it'll be called. Like, I assume Chronicle You might as well. Like, I know a lot of people... Like, I'm one of those. If they make a sequel to uh, District 9, they'll kill the whole magic of the movie, just like they did with Matrix. If they make a sequel to this, I reckon they'll kill it. They'll kill the magic. You don't think this will enhance it? I don't think so. I think this film was magical, it was great, let's move on, but... Uh, from a producer point of view, man, bank that in. You made a hundred million of sixteen. It reminds me of Saw because, like, Saw sure. had like it was seven films, eight and they've films. killed the franchise, sort of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but I they've see. made much heaps of money from exactly each one, yeah. each one made more, <laughs> more and more onto the pile. Yeah. But the thing about it was, the first one was like a surprise hit, made hundred and whatever million. This is exactly the same scenario, and I can't see them not not doing it. Doing I, it. I completely agree for, for yes. 20, 22 million, 25 million. Yep. You know, even then, you're still crazy making out profit. Do you think here. they'll do it found footage style? Um, I think a lot of it will be sure. Um, all right, if I have to guess, um, I'm going to say that uh, somebody else has telekinetic powers as well. Um, that the government has that person. And that oh good yeah the, yeah the government is initially doing tests and like stuff like a kid had found it before they had walked into the hole or something like that uh, <clears throat> or or afterwards like okay, let's yeah. say they got their powers and stuff and got out of there um, somebody else went down there uh, started displaying this power and whatever the case may be that's cool the government covers it up and yeah. so the initial beginning of the film could be. Uh, the government tests and stuff with him and you're sitting in a room you have two cameras behind the sort of you know see-through glass and they're doing tests and stuff with him where he's uh, levitating things and you know he's dressed in like an inmate style jumpsuit or she is or whoever it is and um i figured that at some stage matt who's the only survivor of this and he's enhanced his abilities or learned how to control them or um living matt has i'm guessing the the guy from this film would have yeah uh, he will learn of this guy's existence, break him out, um, interrupt the whole sort of thing. And maybe because the whole world knows about them through all these different videos and stuff, maybe he can be either using the vlog or like YouTube or some kind of online system to get his message out. Ooh, so we're yeah. seeing him post regular updates. But I think in between they'll have actual stories. Sure. I don't think the whole thing can be found footage. Yeah, yeah. That's me speculating. I don't know. That sounds fantastic. You man. have to introduce new characters. Well, there we go. That's you know. that's a, oh sorry. That's that's a story right there. That'd be great. <laughs> I'd watch that movie any day. Well, for twenty something million, you can see that they'd be able to do the government infrastructure yeah. and battles as yeah. well. I mean, maybe the government has that alien thing, sure. the crystal thing, and then you can answer some of these questions because. That was what he vows at the end of the film. He says, I'm going to find out, you know, for you, what happened to us, what what the deal was, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. That sounds great. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I would watch it too. It'd be nice to do a follow-up. Yeah. I'd go the other way and just end it. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, they won't. Yeah, they they didn't end Saw. They definitely won't, yes. You know, there's too much... Especially with that much money you're making, just go for it. American Pie 5. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the Lego scene sort of suggested that Andrew was better at his abilities initially. It was a real Anakin Skywalker kind of performance because sure. he's got this this power and inside. And it went darker, him. didn't it? Yeah, and yeah. He goes cool. darker. No, I like that. It's exactly. Anakin Skywalker, but the other way. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you find that was a good transition into a villain? Because I really like that, especially with the teeth scene. It just went over the top. Then that was the catalyst, really. Like I just can't take this, and he rips out his teeth. And he goes on to each design as he's fascinated by it. Mm. And that's when 
you realise, okay, his, some of his philosophy I thought was badly written. Like they the, pretty quickly, yeah, well, they had that scene where he crushes the car. The car, and he goes on about the line, does he go sympathise? Yeah, but I, I like that. It's very rare in movies now where you see a whole arc. Oh, cool, a story arc, mm. you know? Mm. <laughs> uh, I did like it. I thought when I was first sort of going through the motions with this film, I was thinking there is no villain. Um, in the absence of a villain, obviously, they turn on themselves. Uh, and they created rules where they were like, you know, we won't hurt living things and sure. immediately started to break those rules. Yes. You know, there's that great scene where the car is too close behind them and he pushes it off yeah. the road just very casually. And then it becomes a big deal. And he's like, no, he's fine. Let's go. And, you know, sort of leaves it, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I liked it how much he cared for the uh, the the African kid like who who he killed Steve Steve yeah, yeah. I, I loved it how much he cared for him he kept visiting his grave and going look I'm, I'm really sorry I miss you and stuff mm. that was really touching I thought because that was his, like one of his best friends you know they really became close to each other and he's gone now he doesn't have that yeah figure to reason with. He, yeah. he had real trouble making friends and I mean he was related to Matt they were cousins so having Steve around and he's such a role model for them you know he gets the girls he's popular that was yeah. cool there was yeah. no real payoff to any of his story though no it was that so was sad it was such a loss of a presence as mm. well when he's going you're like oh he's he's dead yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean I'm just yep. like oh okay I really miss that guy <laughs> Yeah. He could have been super Obama, you know. <laughs> he seemed, yeah, I'm going to politics. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, everything going for him. It was so sad when he died. I'm like, oh. I miss the but way it goes. sad in a way you miss the presence in that film. Like, the film has lost a lot of, uh, you know, lost that presence. It's, you know. Well, I guess if he'd stuck around, they could have killed him off in the final act. Yeah. Um, either way, it's not as if these actors are going to demand a ton of money, like... Millions and I don't millions. Think, with that example, that story you gave, I don't think they're going to ask any of the original cast. Maybe the blonde chick to come back. Well, if, if or the fireman. If they bring Matt back, the one who lived, then he with has the girlfriend actor. <laughs> then they shouldn't do it. Oh, you don't think so? No, no. Well, the Dark Knight Returns with um, what's that, her name? That's actually really like an annoying thing to me. About it is. The Dark I, I don't like that as well. But Maggie Gyllenhaal, Katie budget, Holmes. Oh, no, I can't say that because they did that differently with American Pie. They tried to bring in everyone, which is mm. one of the big points we gave of American Pie. They gave the original cast. Yes. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. And Dania Ramirez, what's her name? Oh, Dania Ramirez? Ramirez, yeah, was the new, was the new yeah, chick. Yeah, and we were like, who? <laughs> yeah, don't know who she is. No, but I, I love Dania Ramirez. She retweeted me. Um, well, what about uh, Once Upon a Time, or Desperado and El Mariachi? Although some of the original cast was in there, it's pretty much Antonio Banderas, you know what I mean? It might be a case like that. Like, well, we're it's making this much money now. It's a different film, though. It's yeah, not as true. if they're going to remake Chronicle. That's true, if yes. they if they're going to remake Chronicle, then it's going to be a whole different. It, it already is Hollywoodized, you know. It's not as yeah, if that's true. Sixty million isn't how much does Rod Rodriguez make? Seven grand, so it's a big difference. Yeah. Huge difference, yeah. yeah. And there was nobody's in. Yeah, it's come a long way, like in the ability to make a film. It there was enough CGI in that. Yeah, did, did, I had some of the problems with CGI. The flying. Okay. I thought it looked pretty fake. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, know it if it was just me. Screen. Yeah, I just thought it looked way too fake. They were flying and moving around. Mm. It reminded me of, I don't know, a really... Man 1. <laughs> no, worse. It reminded me... Uh, like, I hate putting this film down because I, I really appreciate the economy and what they did with this movie, but... I don't know, looking at it reminded me of just a TV movie. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, budget... 
budget constraints, like, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you you know, the money went into the third act and throwing buses. Yeah. And, I like that. I like that. Third yeah. Act, yeah. Um, it was interesting for superheroes. Like this is the way they sold the film as well. Is that uh, ordinarily in superhero films they're noble and they have a good cause and they you know want to do good and defend honor yep. and stuff. <laughs> and in this they're selfish. They flip up uh, girls' skirts and they go to a toy store and they scare kids. They're being and, kids with incredible power. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're just fooling around. Um, kind of makes them unlikable. But the whole point is that the main character turns horrible. Yes. So. Like you're gonna, and in a way, the other character turns good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you sort of edge your way there, so it sort of worked in the end. I feel like the first two acts were like a huge character piece, and then the third act is all the action. So which which part didn't you like? Um, The acting, the floating camera was kind of annoying for me. Uh, I would have preferred a little more uh, realism with that. Where even if we saw it kind of clicking onto a tripod shakily sure. at the beginning of a scene yeah. or um you know um him go in front of it and focus it or something you know something that says to he's remind still, you he's still mm, sure which we didn't really get in, so even did when you, he was learning did you have any problems with the characterizations or the the act one and act two as you say where it's all character because um, i thought that was the best part yeah it was it was interesting yeah. it was interesting enough to hold my attention uh, so it was a good script it was solid um, I enjoyed it, and I think I just didn't like how the found footage wasn't as good as like Cloverfield, as I've been saying. Um, I, it sort of annoyed me. But sure. I didn't know who was compiling this footage. I yeah. didn't know why. But I don't know, again, that telekinesis could let you fly. It sort of seems like a little bit of a stretch. I, I don't know anything about that. I just went with it. <laughs> well, it seemed like, I mean, they're, they're able to push things around i think the idea is that they can push the ground away from themselves yes right but then once you're in the air like you should be able to sort of hover right but then my thoughts were like once you're in the air you're not pushing anything away from yourself you're just flying around I, it's particles sure. and stuff i don't know you know i've it, got no idea. it was a bit of a stretch i mean yeah. you've got like um if we compare it to another kind of uh, film, let's say, like Fantastic Four, um, Sue Storm could like create a bubble around herself, sort of thing, and that was how they they sort of did it. Yeah. But I don't know this was a bit of a, a push for me. You you say the flying? I, I didn't mind the the fact that they were flying, that the power gave them <laughs> the ability flying. But I just had issues with the tech. Uh, I guess the technicality, but the look of it just looked too made for TV for me. It just mm. looked fake. Um, but I didn't have any issues with the fact that wow, they can fly now. Did yeah. you see that they were going to get hit by that plane? Like I no. was just waiting for that. to oh, happen. Oh really? I thought it was a thundercloud, like a thunderstorm happening. And they go, "Did you hear that?" And boom! <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be going to be a plane." <laughs> I mean, you're right around waiting for this. Anyway. Um, all right, let's talk about Casey and Matt. This is the um, vlogger yep. love interest of the piece. It's always good to have a love interest. We leave them for a long time, mm. and when we come back, they're really in, in a strong relationship. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it seems like... All right, um, it's easy now in films to have a love interest when you've got a backstory. If you say they used to be together and now they're sort of rekindling that, or they 
were close and then time went past sure. and now they're getting back together. It saves you a lot of... It yeah. does. And there's a lot of that going on. Um, in it's, it's people don't want to do the work and craft a love story, you know, from scratch. It's just easier if it already exists or if there's a foundation at least. And that's sort of where they went. That's a good here. point. Yeah. Um, in Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and this is not a spoiler, uh, James Franco finds himself uh, a girl at one point in the film and um, pretty early on. And then some text comes up and says five years later. And then it shows them sort of having a picnic. It just immediately skips over the whole thing. And you just go, okay, they're it's together. very lazy. <laughs> yes. And it bugged me. It, it did bug me. That was one of the things about that film. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just kind of frustrating when, sure. when films do that yeah, these yeah, yeah. days. Anyway. Fade. <laughs> what do you think of the talent show? The, um, yeah, that was cool. Scene where he is literally using his powers in public. Yeah, that's cool. But you can believe it to be a magic sort of show. You can sort of believe that. And you're like, okay, yeah, it's just to get him laid. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. No, I, I sort of went with that. That was mm. fine. Yeah, it's, I think it's part of his arc and part of his. Um, he has to become popular and fall from grace, and he vomits all over that girl. Yes, yeah. is his real life girlfriend according to according oh, to really? IMDb, Yeah. <laughs> pink-haired girl okay yeah she's been in a few more things oh really so. i didn't even notice i didn't notice <laughs> any actors in this except for the fireman the dad i just went oh yeah he's been in several films he was and you felt he was he know, looked familiar yeah he I was looked him up i felt he was well above everyone in the film like you know you get mediocre acting and then you get this guy and you're like oh you know here's the actor and here's the amateur sort of thing but they did well with it those guys did really well with this film you know that scene where uh, he pulls the spider apart in oh. all those pieces like um uh, andrew the anakin skywalker-esque yeah. one is watching a little spider crawl and then he kind of picks it up and pulls it apart i don't remember that at all yeah <laughs> well it happens <laughs> he was just sort of watching this little spider and he pulls it up in the air and then all the limbs fly apart like it's in heaps of little pieces originally they were going to do that with the dad have him repeat that kind of process wow with the dad but having matt save him from sort of falling and catching him and stuff like that sort of shows he's the good guy and sure. sort of really spells it out for I like audience. that as well yeah as you say he had a bit of a mixed up kind of philosophy and stuff he was calling himself the apex predator yeah I thought that was badly written that was just a cheap way of strongest you know, animal in the ecosystem yes, yes that, that sort of style yeah he was just rushing to get him to the villain okay yeah yeah but I, I, I yeah you know, it's understandable with his upbringing and stuff like that and losing his friend. I thought they could have went more with, did I, the mystery, did I kill my friend up there? Did I cause lightning to yeah, him? Yeah, guilt. Yeah, guilt sort of thing. They could have went a bit more in that area. It felt like, um, you know, in scenes where you see photos of, uh, in America, like when they have a school shooting and they show photos of someone holding all their guns and stuff and that's the photo they show in the news of this kid who you know brought guns to school and shot at people and whatever um not and whatever it's a serious thing yes um but just and etc terrible yeah um it felt like the video before he went on a shooting rampage you know for me and so that was very chilling and i thought that was like well done 
But for me... Oh, I, I see what you mean. Like a high school... Yeah. Oh, that's a very good comparison. Yeah. Like where he's sitting there in the junkyard, it felt like he was doing a manifesto. and Yeah, no. As if to say who he was against. And that's yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. That, that's been done. You know, yeah. that's in actuality. People have been posting themselves online saying, I'm going to do this and that. And you can see the build up to mm. that. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Yeah, and people like will do videos of themselves like uh, standing in some field shooting a gun and going you know at a pumpkin or whatever the hell they're yes. shooting at and that was much this character arc is much more believable than we need to talk about <laughs> <laughs> for me there was well i like the darwin element the survival of the fittest sort of oh i see that yes. he, the fact that he's been reading things yeah. you know sort of was interesting i don't know um but there's a wwe wrestler called randy orton and he calls himself the apex predator. <laughs> and so for me, I was just like, oh, oh you, there you, we go. That's the comparison I immediately am thrown <laughs> to now. Uh, when I, I know apex predator doesn't necessarily just mean Randy, Orton. A, a Randy <laughs> Orton thing, but that's, that's where my head went. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So that threw it for me. Um, this film was good in the sense that it didn't, um, it wasn't afraid of having silence or darkness. Yes, the technical use of, of that was very effective. Although at the beginning, when it's silent and he's banging on the door, I was thinking, shouldn't like is the lens cap on? Afterwards, when I think about that scene, sure. I think that they should have had you know, him adjust lens. adjusting the zoom yeah. or like you know mucking technically with his camera. Uh, anyway, but I, I did enjoy the fact that it wasn't afraid to do that. Um, another film we reviewed that was really good like that I thought was Martha Marcy May Marlene I sort of remember some some really nice kind of silent moments oh, yep. where you yeah. are easily able to sort of soak it in yeah the atmosphere you, you yeah. fall into the film a bit more sure yeah um, he turns bad really with this botched robbery first he's uh, goes, yeah, that was ugh. goes after where the where was thugs. he going with that he wears a fireman outfit and <laughs> yeah that was his like disguise yeah and everybody knows his dad's a fireman it didn't seem real smart yeah I would have just got you know I could have come up with a costume like, half the time he took his to put his fireman outfit on <laughs> oh, his, his intention is good he's trying to save his mum yes no his intention was quite clear yeah. you can relate to his plight and you say uh, you know his mum is dying and he needs her medication and stuff but he just sort of goes to rob the people outside his house the random street thugs they showed in one other scene just to establish them power, man. and they recognized him immediately i mean he could have sat in a park and sort of pickpocketed yeah. with his telekinesis you know um he needed immediate cash you know um which was annoying like that he's so clumsily threw himself into this they yes. knew it was him they yeah. were saying you know looks and like just Andrew. rushed into it Ooh, they got money <laughs> yeah and videoing it as well really yes, bugged me yes. because I know no that's a very good point yes. for this like it's just creating an evidence trail um, he robs the food mart records his crimes levitates the camera in with him you know like complete idiot you know <laughs> and as well we have the camera that's in the store that's a very good point oh my god that's really bugged you me you know I'm thinking back remembering I'm thinking no that was all security camera no he was and levitating like, no, his camera they were cutting to the security camera <laughs> yeah yeah, you think, you know, why would he show that? Like, he's in such a rush to get money for his mum. Yep. He just puts on the first thing he thinks of, robs the first people he can think it's of. It's not well thought out. Why does he take time? Oh, yes, I got to put the camera on record 
I loved it. Why does it even think about that? Yeah. yeah, no, that's a really good point. The film relies on it because you to, need the yes. found footage. I, I think the, the biggest criticism with found footage is the technique in, in itself hurt itself. Mm. The, the technique itself can hurt itself. Um, and I, I had my problems with Cloverfield. And yes, in that example, you're absolutely right. There is no need for why the character would take the time to put the camera to film himself in such hectic mode. His mm. motivation is money. That's all he's thinking about is his mum and his money. Why is he having that extra set? That's a very good point. We watched uh, Project X um, at the cinema. Sure. And uh, you and I. That was another found footage film, yeah. Absolutely, which we didn't mention. <laughs> we talked earlier. Um, probably because we didn't love it. But the Project way, what? <laughs> yeah, the way they get around it um, is they want one of the guys from like the AV club or whatever to video their awesome night. And so there's another character who's silent and just sort of following them around. And that way you get all the characters in the frame all the time and occasionally are reminded about this guy because he checks his hair in the mirror or uh, has to say something like, Oh, hi, what's up? Sort of thing. Um, This was, yeah, very different. (laughs) Uh, and that really bugged me how he took the camera to the robbery. Do you think you could do a, f- a found footage film? Um, I don't see why not. Why not? Yes. Oh, like was, anyone was, could, really. I was thinking about the technique, but I, I, I don't think I could do it. I, I don't think I could pull it off. Um, it's uh, You could go in so many different dimensions than what a normal traditional drama does. Like mm-hmm. um, You can get a lot out of a character, and I think that's very cool. But to do it so smoothly, um, I think it will be very difficult you know even Blair Witch Project had its faults no Blair Witch Project was probably the truest form wasn't it (laughs) the problem with that one was they mucked up the marketing as well because they uh, were saying we found this footage these people who went missing in the woods here's what happened to them and then they were all at the premiere Oh right, (laughs) and they needed to get rid of everybody yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then everyone would have been even more fascinated wow um, well, I was one of the ones who fell in. Like, I thought it was discovered footage. I was like, mm. what, 14, 15 years old? And I was yeah. watching, oh my gosh. I was like, oh, Anyway. <laughs> That's okay. There was um, one scene where he's talking to his dad in this film, Andrew, and his dad's like getting real mad at him and stuff. And he sort of shoves him up against a wall and he's like, um, I could destroy you and whatever else. Um, there was no reason for that scene to be recorded at all. Sure. That was another one that bugged me. The camera was sort of hidden. As if he'd carried it down there, hidden it, and then had this conversation, this argument. Well, to be fair, he wanted to film his dad all the time, like, you know, as a protection for himself. Yeah. He said that at the start. No, I could have saw that happening. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I thought that one was a bit (laughs) Let's talk about the final act. Best best part of the film, easily. Um, Loses it after... I actually went with the character building as the best part of the film. What do you think? Yes, act one and two. I felt like it it built to this necessary conclusion. No, no, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I was sitting there going, finally, (laughs) in a superhero film, you need some action. A big action, sure. Um, And throwing rocks at each other and skimming rocks over water isn't enough. (laughs) Um, Multiple camera angles, a lot of Apple products... The, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, the stopping bullets stuff is like uh, Magneto in X Men. Yep, um, really, really similar to that. Or which, Matrix. Yeah, yeah, Matrix yep. as well. Exactly, yeah. stopping bullets. Um, when they finally get to the scene where Matthew doesn't want to kill Andrew, 
Uh, he's really lost it. He's not, unable to reason with him. I totally guessed that that spear was going to come down. Uh, yes, no, I saw that as well. Seemed very I obvious. I thought it was dumb how he got a bus. And um, threw it? And threw it, and you hear the bus honk. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was a bit I was just like, why, why would the bus honk? He's already flying and levitating. The, pro- the guy in it's probably screaming. And if the... You know, he wouldn't hit it. And if there wasn't a guy in it, why would he take the time to honk it with his telekinesis power? Get it hit? I think it was just this, oh, bus hitting um, someone? Gotta add that sound effect. <laughs> well, if there was a driver sitting in there, just to analyse this a little further, maybe the driver honks. He's just like... He's, he's like, Look out! <laughs> he just doesn't want to hit the flying I can't kid. stop this! <laughs> 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 anyway, we saw the spear coming. There was there was some holes in this film. We've talked about them on the podcast here. Yeah, um, it's not a perfect film, but it is a very interesting. Yeah, one. go watch it, guys. It's it, yeah, check it out. I, I think it deserved all the hype it got. I thought they did really well with six million dollars. Just to put this six con- million, more like sixteen. Sixteen million. Sorry, <laughs> put this in context. Jack and Jill, which I, a few people have told us to review by Adam Sandler, was made for seventy five million dollars. This and had no creative ingenuity. Compare that. Well, Adam Sandler's paycheck would have been twenty mil. <laughs> uh, Pacino's would have been twenty. Oh my god, uh, that's thirty-five. And look at the ingenuity in this film compared to that, and the hard work and effort put into it. So go check it out for that. But it does have, and Dave brought up some really interesting flaws, and they are huge. If anything that hurts the character, hmm. um, is bad technique. Anything that hurts the character, and this, as you said, the bank robbery scene, the robbery scene. Um, sorry, the beating up of the thugs. That was, yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And you actually flipped my opinion of all that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say the in the aftermath of the film, Matt says he'll find answers and do good. And it's like an origin story for him. Um, you know, he's not going to put on spandex sure. or anything at the end of this I film. I thought he was one of the worst actors in the film. I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know. He looked sort of familiar as yeah. if he was related to somebody famous or something. Like there was something sort of watchable about him yeah. as an actor. But you didn't realize it was a film about him until the end. Yes. I think. Um, so it sort uh, of felt like yeah, it's... I th- well, I thought the, the film was more about the villain. And it was. He was. Yeah, he was tacked on at the end for the sequel, as you say. Yeah. And the other thing is, I mean... We have no idea why they got their powers, how they were sort of linked. Um, are the nosebleeds something that's going to affect them in sure. terms of what's well, only Matthew left um, or Matt? Um, will he be slowly dying and he has to sort of solve why his nose bleeds every time he uses telekinesis too much? Or yes, um, you know they could easily tie elements like that into a sequel. Yeah. I'd be amazed if there is no sequel. You know, that would surprise me. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it seems like the Saw method where it's made... So, sorry, is there definitely going to be a sequel or... Um, well, from what I've heard, that there's one in the works. Oh, okay, sure. Um, yeah. Like, the, that's the thing, though. You can write a script and they can go, now. Nah. Sure. There's a million stops yeah. on the way, you know, where... Yeah. A lot of yes men, a lot of no men. Uh, but at the moment, it's got huge momentum for a sequel. I would think so. And guys, um, Farrell's little pitch here, that sounded brilliant. So if you're <laughs> out there listening, you've got the whole blueprint we'll, right there. <laughs> we'll pen it, will we? Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, we hope you've enjoyed this discussion. Um, all of our links to YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, are at www.podmeifyoucan.com. And uh, as always, we will try and, uh, you know, review requested films. Uh, Next time, Lloyd, 
we have decided to do another DVD release. Sure. Uh, it also came out this week, but we will release this podcast about it next week. Uh, it is a Sam Worthington film, Man on a Ledge. Oh, right. I can't wait. Yes. Neither of us <laughs> neither of us have watched it yet, but we'll sit down. We'll get some popcorn I on. I think Sam Worthington's terrible. <laughs> Reason enough for us to tune in just to find out what Lloyd has against Sam Worthington next week. Something to look forward to. Sure. Anyway, until next time. Thanks, guys. All the best. Mm-hmm.